Hello, good evening and welcome to Seascapes. On tonight's programme, we look over boats being put up for auction by Waterways Ireland and Ireland is in the running to host the next America's Cup. A number of boats which have been seized by Waterways Ireland from canals and rivers have gone on display in Athlone and they are to be sold in a paper-based auction that runs until July 30th. There were barges, speedboats, a trawler, yachts and motor cruisers. They were abandoned or found without permits. Mike McCartney went to Athlone and he spoke to a number of boating enthusiasts there looking over what's for sale. He was taken on a tour of the compound where the 31 boats were there for viewing and he spoke first with Paddy Harkin of Waterways Ireland. It's a boat that came originally from England. Uh, it's a narrow beam barge. Um, it's about 60 feet in length um, and you certainly could live on a boat very comfortably. Um, indeed, this boat was lived in in the past when it was in England um, and it's a it's kind of a work uh, in progress at the minute. Certainly it's a project for the owner to get it back to its former glory. Now Paddy, this is a lovely looking boat. Yes, so this is a Freeman uh, cruiser, about 22 feet long. Um, this would be an ideal uh, starter boat for anybody who wanted to cruise the Shannon or the canals. Um, so this boat was uh, left with no permit on it on the Grand Canal, so we took it from the Grand Canal to here, um, and the owner hasn't reclaimed it, so it is for sale here today as well. And that little one beside it? Yes, so that one came from the Barrow. Um, So that would be an ideal boat for the Barrow, where the water levels are a bit lower, um, shallower. Um, So it would be an ideal boat for going up and down the River Barrow, or indeed any of the um, smaller lakes or rivers in Ireland. Um, would be an ideal starter boat as well, because you could recover it um, and launch it um, with a car on any of the um, slipways on the Shannon. Now, the fact that you mentioned the Barrow, the boats that are here today, they're not just from the River Shannon? No, so the boats here today come from the Barrow, um, the Royal Canal, the Grand Canal, um, the Shannon, the River Shannon itself, and also the Shannon Erne Waterway, which links the Shannon to the Erne system. So you've been in the business for a while. What is this that brought you here today? Um, I've retired down to Banagher. I, I, I've had a boat down there for years. So today... I'm looking for an old wooden boat, the more decrepit the better, to use as a decking, an extension to a beer garden or building at home, just as a feature, and uh, put a bar on it. How long have you been involved in the boats? Oh, I first hired boats about 40 years ago, and it's like a book. (laughs) You can't get away from it, such that when we retired, it was either the Canaries or go down to my boat in Banagher, and I chose Banagher. I'd say the family loved you for that. I haven't heard the end of it yet. <laughs> Do you go to many auctions like these? No, this is my first time I've come to a Waterways Ireland auction. And it's quite interesting. It's sad in a way to see the way some of the boats have been let go. For all the various reasons, people die, they get sick, they emigrate. And the boat just gets left. and It's a shame. So it'd be, it would be nice to save one of them resurrected and uh, give it a new lease of life. Now here's one that has seen better days. Yes, yeah, so this boat uh, came out of Salons. Um, it's in poor condition. 
it could be a project for someone if they had uh, the time and energy to go at it. Uh, probably um, suits um, a tradesman or a carpenter who would have the expertise to work on it. But the hull is good, so it's the upper, upper decks and superstructure that's in poor condition. But uh, there will be um, buyers who will be happy to buy this and have a go off it as a project. It's almost a blank canvas. You could do anything you wanted with it. Um, you could put any type of an engine on the back of it, um, put um, internal fittings in it to make it into a day cruiser, or indeed you could make it into a two-berth where you could um, sleep on it at weekends and stuff. So it's an ideal starter boat for someone. Now, the one beside it is also, it's, it's a bigger boat. How would you describe it? Yes, yeah, so that uh, is about a 27-foot boat. Um, that would be a boat that you could... Um, uh, cruise very comfortably on the River Shannon a little bit maybe nearly on the big side for the Barrow um, or some of the smaller riverways but uh, the River Shannon is an ideal boat for that and you would be able to make that into a bit of sixth berth um, an ideal family boat indeed um, and certainly it's a project for someone And you'd be amazed at how well this will come up Yes, that boat uh, would clean up very well. The hull is in good condition, um, so it's mostly um, superficial work on the upper decks, uh, cleaning it up. Um, so you'd be surprised how well that would look if it got a power hose and a bit of paint. Where did you travel from this morning? Dublin. Been knitting from a very early age, and uh, now we're looking for just another family boat. How many have you? Uh, none at the moment, but uh, if you buy one here, or successful here, it'll be our seventh. And there's one over there, last 11. Very rough, but uh, yeah, great potential. You've restored boats before, have you? Yeah, six others. And would you sell them on then after that? No, this, this boat will be a keeper. Yeah, fingers crossed. Now we've come to a particular trawler that would be used for out in the seas, for fishing and whatever. Yes, so this is um, a traditional uh, Scottish uh, trawler um, built of wood, oak on large. This boat would be more suitable to being out at sea or on some of the deeper lakes or rivers. Uh, it was on the canal at um, Lowtown near Robertstown. It's not really suitable to the canals because it's too deep and it's too high and too wide for passing through the locks and onto the bridges. But it's here today because it has no permit and it certainly would uh, take a brave man to take it on as a project because it's a lot of work. But somebody may buy it and it may go out back to sea again in its former role as fishing or coastal uh, pleasure cruising. Now here's another one that has been out to sea. Yeah, so this is um, a cruiser, it's a steel-hulled Dutch-style cruiser. Um, so it was obviously imported into the country at some stage in the past. This boat would be in good condition um, and would be uh, suitable for either going to sea or for the inland lakes and rivers. Uh, it's a good quality boat um, and certainly would be uh, an ideal um, boat for someone to start boat boating on the waterways. It doesn't need all that much work, does it? No, I would say um, a good uh, power hose, scrape off the paint, uh, a coat of paint on it, and that boat is ready for going to sea or uh, inland waterways. Now, tell me what you're looking for today. A motor cruiser for the Shannon. Like, um, I, was just, I actually just hired one two weeks ago. Best holiday you'll ever do. You sit on the boat, read a book, and just relax. And it actually, it's funny because you see Ireland from a different, a completely different point of view. Like... We were up in um, up in Leitrim, pulled in, uh, docked the boat, went out for a walk, and it actually, even though we went over the bridge that we had just gone under, it looked completely different. 
you know, it was, and I was going, oh yeah, I, I said, oh, there's the river, and it's it's it, it's a great experience. So I've I've done it five times and got off the boat and said, I'm definitely buying a boat by next April. By next April, I'll, I'll have a boat. Uh, and thinking that I'll, whatever I'll buy, I'll do it up and the whole lot. And then a friend of mine rang me and says, oh, I believe they're selling boats. So they've done this. Uh, now, they're, they're, apparently they're all in bits, but I don't mind because I work with my hands. So if I can get a good haul with a reasonable engine, um, I'll do the rest myself. How long have you been in the boat business? Uh, about 40 years. That shows you how old I am. And where did it all start? All my people were deep water sailors, all from Skerries. They, um, it kind of made models. They had a, b- a beautiful schooner model at Lent, and we used to sail it up and down the canal. And my father gave it to me. But then I bought a hull and deck and built a boat. So are you here today to give advice, or are you here today to buy no, something I, for I'm, yourself? He's going to buy not for myself, no. I have my own boat. I've got three boats in the back garden. Two of them are not mine. People uh, leave them there to be minded. So, no, what I'm doing is I'm just looking at the boat to say, do you like Say the likes of that, I'm looking at it, it's going to cost you £1,000 for the, the hood. Uh, the engine's installation would have to be replaced if you were going to be reliable. And then there's a lot of doing up, but the doing up is not huge, you know. See how many bunks it'll take. The workman, they're working on it quite, you know, rudimentary, but you'd still have to do it. See, you can't get into it, and you can't do anything, so you can't check anything, really. But I looked in the back, and the engine is... Looks like an old uh, Perkins diesel or something, you know. Which could be all right, but if you want to go up and down and not enjoy it, replace it. Is she all right? Now, your personal favourites, we've got two here. Yes, so these are two uh, typical canal boats. Um, So they are narrow-beam barges. Um, They're ideal for the waterways, particularly the canals, because they are uh, flat-bottomed, shallow draft, um, and they are about 40 feet in length. So these would be ideal boats for um, someone to take on as a project, to do them up, and to go back cruising on the canals. And indeed, if you look at um, photographs of barges on the canals, these are the typical... Uh, style boat, um, shallow draft, low air draft, so they can pass under bridges, um, and they are the nice length for people to stay on board at weekends and for cruising. Uh, there's a little bit of work involved in them, but the uh, steel work is in very good condition. Um, it's their the hull is. Uh, watertight, um, so they've got good hull integrity. Um, so it's a case of fitting them out inside. Um, ideal uh, projects for a handyman or, or someone who has the interest and energy to go at them. And you will end up with a very good boat um, that you can cruise on the canals and on the waterways. This one catches my eye. It looks like a boat that has a story to tell and it's sitting here and you've got the story. Yes, so uh, this is the Monaco. It's a boat that was recovered uh, by Waterways Ireland from uh, the canals at Lowtown in County Kildare. So this boat um, uh, has been on the waterways for a long time um, and we are fairly confident that uh, there will be a buyer for it. And indeed, um, we have been contacted by a person who said that um, they remember that boat as a child when it was in their family um, and they have photographs of them on the boat as a young person. So uh, they are going to come here today, have a look at the boat and uh, put in a bid for it and it will be a great uh, story if they were to be successful in the tender and um, put the boat back in the water again um, in a new lease of life. Mike McCartney in Athlone. And you'll find details of the bidding process on the Waterways Ireland website and the auction closes this day next week.
An altogether different type of boat restoration project has been ongoing in Kilrush for the last four years. Boat builder Stephen Morris has just completed the third rebuild of the Classic Bay Dublin 21 yachts, first built more than 100 years ago. The three completed boats are to sail into Dunleary next Friday, 35 years after they left. I visited Steve's workshop for Seascapes two years ago when the restorations were halfway through. And ahead of their return to Dublin next week, Steve told me today about the project. The original contract was uh, for four boats. So what we have down here in Kilrush, we have two boats afloat, Nanine and Garavogue. The third boat, um, Estelle, is in the workshop now. We're just putting the finishing detail on her and she'll be coming out of the shed on Monday. And at the moment, the plan is that the three boats will uh, be brought to Arklow next week and launched in Arklow and sailed to Dublin uh, today week, so next Friday. How many years since they've left Dublin? Oh, well, I think 1986, there was a big old storm that came through and caused havoc. And it was sometime shortly after that. I'm not sure whether it was a year or two years that they, two of the boats actually went down to Arklo on their own keels and the other five were bought by road. And so that was 1987, perhaps 1988, something like that. I'm not exactly sure. They went down to Arklo, down to Tyrrells, and the idea was a fleet restoration. But that project, uh, it, I suppose financially, it didn't gain any ground and they couldn't get it going. And then uh, Tyrrell's sort of folded up. So the word came that the boats had to be got out of the shed they were in. And then they went into a field just north of Arklo. And that's where they've sat for the last 30 odd years. You've got three of them built. How many more are in the pipeline? Well, with number four started, she's all framed out and upside down, ready to begin planking. So that was the original contract, four boats. When we get us, when we get this sail to Dunleary and the boat's handed over, we'll concentrate on boat number four and she should be ready for a launch um, next spring. Each one has taken a couple of years. Just looking back through my paperwork there, and Nanine was dropped down to Kilrush in 2016. And my son and I uh, lofted the original Alfred Milne design. We got the... We're, the Finorn and Hell were lucky enough to get the original drawings for this design. So we had the original Alfred Milne lines plan, and that's that's the that's the the drawing, the design that we're we're building to. We're not we didn't take lines off the old boats; they were too badly distorted. So we were able to work off Alfred Milne's original lines drawing. So my son and I lofted that design, that the design Alfred Milne's design for the twenty ones in two thousand and seventeen. And they're real eye-catchers. I was in Kilrush last weekend and just saw two of them. They are beautiful. Yes, they are, yeah. It's the golden age of yachting, wasn't it? The golden age of sailboat design, really, I think. And, um, yeah, they look very well. Uh, totally impractical in so many ways, but really breathtaking to look at, yeah. Are there any more in the pipeline after the first four? <laughs> well, there were seven, 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 seven boats well, I think actually there was eight. There might have been one built in Scotland that never actually joined the fleet. But there were seven boats racing from Dublin all for all those years. So there's four boats remaining to be collected and, 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 and rebuilt or up in, up in that field in Arklow. As I say, um, part of the return journey, uh, the, three boats, the three boats that we have completed will be brought to, uh, I think, Garavaux goes up to Arklow on Monday. Uh, Nanine goes on Tuesday and Estelle goes on Wednesday but one of the return journeys uh, Geraldine will be coming down from Arklow down to Kilrush so we can um, 
pull what we can offer. The mainly what we're salvaging f- from those original hulls is the two-ton lead ballast casting. So when, that's being incorporated into these new new uh, cold molded wooden hulls. And also, when when you're building them, you've changed a little from the way they would have been built back in the 1900s. Oh yeah, there were, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of talk about construction, and 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 what everyone sort of settled on happily in the end was cold molded wood epoxy. So the hulls are. They're a monocoque hull. They're built of timber, but they're all glued together. And um, it's light and it's strong. It's easily maintained. I think really that if um, the builders of 1905 had had, had the technology we have now, they, 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 would have, they would have had no hesitation in changing over to it yeah, because it has so many advantages. And when I was with you there, you fabricate each part yourself? Oh, yeah. Every, every, all, all the components are made here. Um, all the wooden components are made here, yeah. So the frames are laminated. The the, the keels, and like originally in those boats, the um, the center line, the keel and the stem and the stern post, the, the horn timber, would have all been separate pieces of timber all bolted together. Um, and, and so on this modern, more modern construction method, all that center line is, is one continuous lamination. So there's no joints to move, um, nowhere for water to creep in and start causing trouble. So For you personally, it's been an incredible project. You came all those years ago from New Zealand to Kilrush. Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and one of the most rewarding things about it is like for years, I was sort of a one man band, sort of largely working on my own. But now there's uh, there's six of us in the workshop. We've got uh, some fantastic skill here and and uh, and it's been great. Everyone's so invested in the project and enjoys what they're doing. And it's a really happy workshop. So uh, it'd be very hard to go back to that sort of one man band uh, where all the responsibility and all the worry is, is, is completely on your own head. And and uh, it's it's been great to be to be able to share to share the experience of you know building these boats and, and see how much other people get out of it. It's and great. being around Kilrush and talking to people, they're really impressed, as you said, about the way you've built up the workshop there. You've taken on apprentices and shown them these skills. I'd like to take on more if I could. I mean, I, I when this I was very I was very um, aware when this project started that it was a fantastic opportunity for anyone that was interested to to learn a, a bit of trade, you know. Um, and I went looking, and it wasn't that easy to find uh, people. But anyway, we had a young English girl who turned up and worked for a week and loved it, and she came back, and she's been here two years now. I have a young local boy now who. Um, who started work uh, a couple of months ago, and he's very keen. The problem is that he he's applied for the um, an engineering course in the Maritime College down in Ringerskiddy, so we're more than likely going to lose him. But um, if if we have more boats to build, I'd definitely like to put more of a training um, a training aspect to the whole thing, you know, so that everybody gets as much as possible out of the opportunity of building these boats, you know. And if you want to find out more about these beautiful boats. Stephen Morris has a Facebook page dedicated to his work. It's called Dublin Bay 21 Restoration. It's seeming more likely that New Zealand will decide not to defend the 2024 America's Cup on home waters. Ireland, and specifically Cork, is in the bidding to host the Cup, the world's biggest sailing competition and on par with the Ryder Cup. Cork is apparently in a very strong position after initial assessments by the organisers. Sailor and commentator Morris Prof O'Connell told me how the competition to hold the America's Cup was going. Well, it's very interesting, Fergal. It's it would appear to be all all going on right now. If you were to read the media reports in New Zealand, 
that there is a high probability that the next America's Cup, America's Cup 37, um, will not be staged in New Zealand. Um, America's Cup 36, which New Zealand hosted and and defended successfully, was um, obviously you know a fantastic spectacle for all of us sailing enthusiasts around the world and. And the viewership numbers came out and they had 941 million people watched the America's Cup um, online and on the TV in March. But um, it's kind of New Zealand now as a nation would appear to have the perfect sort of economic storm in that in order to defend the America's Cup. It obviously requires resources. You know, they it, economically, the defense of the America's Cup in, in um, New Zealand was financially tough for them. Uh, because of the pandemic and the expected tourism numbers and all the ancillary visitor numbers into New Zealand obviously you know were practically zero so the tourism benefit to hosting the cup six months ago what was you know financially nowhere near what they would have expected and I suppose they also outlaid a significant amount of expenditure in order to build out some of the infrastructure and the logistics in New Zealand to host it and they anticipated that they would have eight challenging teams. But as it turned out, most likely related to the pandemic as well, they only had three challenging teams. So the event economically would appear not to have been a success for them. It's unlikely then to go ahead in New Zealand. Ireland have put in a bid. Where's that going? A number of countries have expressed interest in hosting the next America's Cup, Ireland being one of them. And we have a lot of advantages as a, as an island nation uh, for an event like this in terms of our amazing um, harbour in Cork specifically. Ireland have put in a, a bid and as I understand it quite recently we were down to the last shortlist of four cities and as I understand it most recently now we we're down to the last two. We have put together a very very strong bid which has been received very favourably, as we understand it. It's a, it's a competitive world, and um, time will tell when Emirates Team New Zealand and their boss, Grant Dalton, uh, make the final decision, and that's expected to be in, in September, I believe. If they decide to come to Ireland, what will they be looking for? I mean, I think the first thing is that it's a ma- this isn't just a sailing event. You know, it is a major international sporting event. And they'll be looking for a number of things under a number of different headings. First of all, they will need, you know, very solid, solid and reliable transport links in terms of air, logistic links in terms of shipping containers, because there's a lot of equipment, uh, you know, connected with these America's Cup teams. Um, and America's Cup team itself is not just a team of, you know, eight or ten sailors. It's a it's a big, big sports organization of 200 odd people. Potentially, if you had six or eight teams basing themselves here for, you know, two plus years, then they need to be accommodated, housed, team members, their families, their children, you know, schooling. An America's Cup base itself would be required. Yeah, the lead infrastructure. The the lead infrastructure in, in Cork would appear to be the Cork Dockyard. Um, which is there in Cove, you you couldn't have a better location. I mean, it, it, one of the things about these cities is that, you know, a lot of them don't have ready-made locations. And uh, and Cork Dockyard is a deep water berth. And um, it's 44 acres. 
that has been earmarked as a potential well, the location okay. where the America's Cup village. It's got the deep water berth in Cove, which, believe it or not, is where the Titanic sailed from. And that would need to be converted relatively simply into a super yacht berthing uh, location because part of this whole America's Cup thing is that, typically speaking, 55 to 70 super yachts would be anticipated to visit in the year or 18 months prior to the America's Cup, including being located um, for the duration of the America's Cup itself. And, and these super yachts, you know, bring enormous economic benefit. There is a big benefit, but there will be an initial investment required of the Irish government. Yeah, and, I, you know, I'm not I'm not totally au fait with the exact numbers, but in common with any other major sporting event, be it the Ryder Cup that we successfully hosted in 2006 and, and will do so again in 2024, the investment on behalf of the Irish government you know, the return that you would see from an event like the America's Cup would be many, many multiples of that. So I guess they're the sort of that's the sort of maths that, you know, the key people in, in government would look at in terms of the return that we would get as a nation economically from from the from the investment required. If you're a betting man, what would you think? What are our chances? I think that we are very, very strongly positioned from from what we understand, we believe that it is likely, very likely, that the cup will not be defended in New Zealand. And secondly, the indicators um, in terms of how Cork is rated and how its bid has been received have been very, very like exceedingly positive. Um, but you know, it's an it's an open market, and and we're in competition for what is a a phenomenal prize and a and a, a phenomenal showcase for Ireland potentially in 2024. Thanks to Morris O'Connell and we'll keep you posted on how that bid is going. And that's it for Seascapes for this week. We're back at the same time next Friday. Everything on the programme is podcast. It's on our website, rte.ie slash seascapes. If you want to contact me or the programme, the email is seascapes at rte.ie. If you're anywhere on or near the water over the next week, stay safe. Seascapes is presented and produced by Fergal Keane.